Welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is Joe Crab, and I am not alone because where two or more are gathered, he is in this place. But uh, I am without a few familiar voices with us today as Kim is out enjoying so much needed and much deserved vacation time with her husband and EJ is getting ready to take some time out as he is heading over to Africa uh, and doing all the wonderful things that you need to do to get ready for that, like getting shot up in the arm. Um, But we have got a special episode today. One of the things that we uh, want to do uh, and have already done one time already with our friends from 242, a local multi-site church here uh, in Michigan, uh, is talk with other guys and gals who are doing multi-site across the nation um, to highlight what it is that God is doing in and through their church, uh, as well as to talk a little bit about some of the ins and outs, some of those multitude of issues and opportunities that arise when doing multi-site student ministry. So I am excited and blessed to have on our show here with us today, Taylor Anderson from Redemption Church down in Alabama. Taylor, how are you, brother? Man, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. So, Taylor, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, just personally, married, kids, all that stuff, uh, grew up in Alabama, or, or how'd you get there, and yeah, share that with us. Okay, yeah. So, actually, I grew up in uh, North Atlanta, and I, uh, when I came time to go to college, I went to the University of Mobile. And oh, I wow. Studied, yeah, man. I studied worship leadership, and... Um, that was kind of the direction I wanted to go. Mobile is good for me. I actually started working at the church that I'm currently serving at as soon as I moved there, which was, I think, 2011. Awesome. And um, yeah, Mobile is great. I studied there and, and met a lot of great friends. I met my wife, so that was good for me. Amen. Uh, and then uh, I graduated. Or I, I, I got out of there and um, I, I came on full time at Redemption Church here. And uh, I served as the worship pastor for a few years. In the meantime, I had a daughter who's now two and a half years old. Her name is Piper Grace. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great name. That's awesome. Heck yeah. And uh, it's not necessarily after John Piper. Which <laughs> and, uh, it's actually after a villain on a funny movie. So That's awesome. I was thinking about naming my daughter Spurgeon, but my wife didn't go for it. But that's just me. I'm just you can't believe how many people are like, "Oh, you really like John Piper?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do," but that's not really what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, but I also like really love my daughter, so I didn't name her after an old man. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I have a two a seven month year old uh, son, um, seven month year old, seven month old son. Yeah. Name is Maddox. Which is my wife's maiden name, and uh, me and my wife have been married for over three years now. Awesome. And, uh, I mean, she's obviously the best part of me. Kind of been doing this together. Um, and I, I was worship pastor at Redemption Church for uh, going on four years, and our youth pastor kind of transitioned and um, to another job in Florida, and they asked me to kind of provide some interim leadership over the summer a couple summers ago. And okay, why not? It sounds fun and. Uh, you know, we needed someone to do it. And so I did it. And, um, they came up to me a couple months later and they're like, Hey, would you consider, um, doing the youth pastor thing? And I I was like, is it really, you just can't find anybody who would take the job. (laughs) Like we did a national search and we found the best person (laughs) right here for us. (laughs) And 
that's funny because I was like, no, I don't think that's for me, man. I spent like, you know, 10, 11 years of my life focusing on worship ministry. Yeah. And, um, and so I kind of took some time to pray about it, went yeah. through it. And, um, man, I think, uh, I was actually the one who went back into my pastor's office and I was like, Hey, if that job offer is still available, I, I think I'd like to do it. That's and cool. uh, really thankful I did. It's been a pretty wild year. I've been doing student ministry for a year and two months now. So I guess, uh, it's all still kind of new. Yeah. And especially going from worship ministry for a multi-site church to student ministry for, to a multi-site church. And, um, but I've been blessed, man. It's been a crazy year and two months. I've got to hang out and work and serve with some amazing guys and girls. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And that's one thing I love about uh, what God's allowed us to do here, uh, like just through the podcast in general, is get an opportunity to hear from all different types of voices, uh, from guys who are fresh in doing ministry or doing multi-site, uh, to those who've been in it for years and from everywhere from Michigan to Alabama to California and in between. And so uh, tell us a little bit about Redemption. How long has uh, the church been around um, and how many campuses? So you guys have and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Redemption um, hasn't always been called Redemption. Okay. Uh, we actually used to be in a, a town called Chickasaw. And, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, man. And it, it sounds like it smells. <laughs> we, uh, we transitioned from Chickasaw to a town called Saraland, which is where we're at now. Okay. In 1991. And then about six or so years ago, uh, we decided um, God kind of gave us the vision to to be a multi-site church and to start um, launching other campuses uh, kind of locally and whatnot because we did have some church planning partners around the U.S. and whatnot. But um, we wanted to plant in Westmobile, and uh, currently our church's name was First Baptist Northmobile, but it didn't make sense to have a First Baptist Northmobile in Westmobile. Got it. So nice. We decided to change the name to Redemption, and it's pretty cool because one of our slogans is our name is our message. It's what we're about. It's who we are. And uh, that happened a few years ago, and we launched in Westmobile. And actually, what's really cool is um, uh, we celebrated the two-year mark for that campus this past Sunday. Oh, that's so awesome. Love that. Yeah, and uh, just super, super blessed to see what God has done. And um, we have plans to launch a third, um, not know exactly when. We've thrown out potentially fall 2019, but okay. either way, we know we're moving toward that and whatnot. So I love this church, man. I love the vision the mission God has given it. Yeah, and I, again, I appreciate you reaching out and everything and uh, just kind of sharing with us what God has been doing there at Redemption. Uh, and why don't you share with us a little bit of you know, what you see working? What's been going great um, as you guys have kind of grown into this uh, multi-site model? Yeah, okay. Um, specifically from like a student ministry perspective now? or Yeah, either or. either Because I know okay. it all, uh, especially as you're launching that first, second, third campus, that it's, it's, it's both and. It's both departmentally and holistically as a church. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, our slogan is, you know, one church, two locations. Until we get that third or fourth, I'm sure we'll change that to one church, other locations. Yeah, many, many locations. locations, yep, yeah. And, um... But yeah, man, uh, launching that campus, you know, the, the challenge was infusing our DNA um, and uh, kind of leaving the bad habits at the door, if you will. Um, and I was, I was uh, blessed to be able to be a part of the worst when we launched our West Campus for the first year, kind of building that from the ground up with uh, some awesome people like our West Campus student pastor now. He was out there. Okay. But uh, I would say from the student ministry perspective, what's working I think it's taken a, a couple of years, 
But I really feel like we've recently are structured our staff to win more globally. Okay, what do you mean by that when you say that? Yeah. And so before I came on um, full time, we had a student pastor full time. Um, even with the West Campus, we had like a part time youth pastor at our West Campus and a full time at the North, who was kind of that global position as well. Okay. Uh, and with an assistant who put in about 32 hours a week. Um, and it just kind of got uh, a little overwhelming. We, we weren't able to kind of spread as much as we needed to. We weren't able to really think globally. And uh, not only that, but we definitely weren't in a position to think in that third campus realm um, and whatnot. So we decided to kind of dissolve our, our assistant position into three what we call residents. Okay. Ministry residents. And the way I see it is our ministry is built up in three people groups. Parents, volunteers, and events are students, I should say. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted someone to kind of oversee each of those ma- major pockets of the ministry. And so we brought on three people who all felt the call to ministry in their life or who wanted to eventually work in a level, um, some level of leadership or nonprofit or whatever. And I hired someone to go over my volunteer culture globally, someone to serve as my event coordinator globally, okay. and someone to serve as my parent connection and so there was, a, and then we also brought on our West Campus student pastor full time because we had to. The man was there. So from the top down, we had pastoral staff, and then underneath us we have residential um, kind of staff, and then underneath that we have that's where our volunteer staff starts kicking in with directors and coaches, and then we have our interns. We can't forget our interns. Yo, they they make the world go round in a lot of ways. So <laughs> they make the ministry world go round, man. Yeah. We also we have an amazing uh, group of volunteers who help us, but I just think with that kind of structure, we're able to think more globally, yeah. and we're able to spread ourselves in a more efficient way, if that makes sense. So, what does your role then kind of look like within the multi-site like structure? Like, so from a campus and then a, a universal structure, then yeah, yeah. So, I guess you could call me the uh, global uh, student pastor. Okay, I kind of oversee the direction and vision of the student ministry. Um, and then right next to me is Cliff Downey. He is a stud and a half. I always joke with Cliff because I was like, Cliff, I want to be your intern. I want <laughs> you to grow up. And he's our West Campus and the best guy you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. And blessed to have him. But he is the West Campus student pastor. Um, and so I primarily provide leadership at the North Campus, okay. which is a, our original campus. Um, and uh, then he provides at the West Campus. But if you want to kind of consider both of us this kind of central core, and I kind of lead that as well, um, which is, I'm really glad I'm here because that was some of the questions that I'll be able to ask you a little later. Yeah, no, and actually, if you, I know we have a, I had you cut, send me a couple things and everything um, in regard to like what's working, maybe what's not working, but I think I'm yeah. ready if you are just to kind of hop into some of the questions that you have, and I'm sure some of those things that. Uh, Maybe that that what's working and what's not working will pop up as we kind of have that conversation as well. So, um, yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you fire off some of those questions that you have as you guys continue to look to to grow and lead and do ministry well across campuses? So, yeah, absolutely, man. So one of the questions I was thinking of is uh, because we have that third campus on the horizon, um, and uh, just kind of figuring out what we need to adjust in order to be set up for success and to win at that third location. I was wondering if you could kind of go through the non-negotiables. Um, what would you say has to be in place in order to win at that third campus student ministry? 
Yeah, no, that is that is a, a great question to start with. And we have um, a document that we use, uh, and, in, and of course it has a fun little acronym called iPod. Um, and so we have an iPod, which also serves kind of as a DNA document. Uh, and iPod stands for um, Initial Preferred Opportunities and Discouraged, or something like that. So like... Um, and the initial, you know, what is it exactly that a campus has to have? What are those key things? So um, that in, it actually covers a, a multitude of things. So from um, a safety and security standpoint, you know, every campus has to have a check-in system for kids and students. Uh, they have to wear name tags. Every volunteer has to be background checked. Um, they all have to go through our child protection program, like uh, certification uh, and class and so on. So there are some of those key things. Um, we also have it set up so that they have to have environments for those kids and those students to be able to meet in. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that... Um, it has to just just be a kid's environment or just be a student environment. Obviously, you know, you can't have kids and then the uh, adult ministry meeting at the same time in the same room. But it means that, you know, that room might be used one way on a Sunday and another way on a Tuesday. You know, they're just, um, they, they get multi, they get, you know, used for multiple different reasons. And so uh, multifaceted, I can't even think of the word I wanted to say. But anyway, um, so there are some of those things. As a student ministry level, specifically uh, what we would say are non-negotiables um, is that we look to have uh, a predictable gathering uh, of middle school and high school students for teaching uh, and small group. And so that would be like as a campus launches. And so note, I didn't say worship and I didn't say weekly gathering. Um, the goal would be uh, for us that it would be a weekly thing. But because of our launch structure, so to say, uh, it's not always the critical mass is not always there to be able to do so. So we would um, <clears throat> we would say like sometimes it's been every other week as a campus is launched. Um, but then it has grown into an every week uh, within the the first year or so. So that would be the initial. The initial would be to make sure that it has um, it has a predictable gathering. So every second and fourth Sunday night at six o'clock, middle school and high school students are meeting together to go through the same sermon series that we're going through across student ministry and for small group. And so those small group leaders would all be trained the same way across the campuses. Um, we do the same live teaching. We don't do video teaching. We do the same live teaching in all of our environments. Um, outside of that, um, you know, outside of like those cultural and DNA things and those programmatic pieces like that, the other things that we have, all our key things we have um, them do are obviously branding, social media handles are all similar and aligned, um, and then retreats. So every our red light is um, a high school retreat in the fall, middle school retreat in the winter, uh, and then our mission trips. Now we have one mission trip in the summer in which every staff member must be physically present and a part of. Um, one, it's our, it's our entry-level trip, so to say. Uh, and two, it's the, uh, it's the trip that just has the highest demand because it's the largest trip. It's about 300 students. Uh, and so 
it's all hands on deck, but it's good. It, if, you're, if you're a brand new guy uh, on that team, it's like a, a, a culture just like dive deep. You get to see firsthand what it looks like to be a part of this team uh, and to be a part of the ministry across the campuses. So it's valuable, not just from the student experience, but from the staff experience. We've had several staff members where their first like full-fledged thing has been that, that summer mission trip. Um, but outside of that mission trip, you know, we want those students in general, and this just might be maybe not after, maybe not the first year, maybe first six months or after the first year, um, in which the other trips that are offered are at least promoted to that campus. So they might not physically send a staff member or a volunteer to do Camp Barnabas down in Missouri, uh, but they're letting their students know about that trip. They're promoting it. They're communicating it to parents. Um, and they, they're they championing that trip. So they're not deciding, hey, my campus wants to go and do a mission trip to Puerto Rico. So I know that we're, we usually go to Haiti over spring break, but we're just going to go ahead and go to Puerto Rico. On the flip side, if that guy or gal was really passionate about going to Puerto Rico, uh you know, Central would work alongside them, say, okay, what would it look like for Woodside students holistically in partnership with the Woodside Missions uh, Department uh, mm. to send a team of students to Puerto Rico? Do we have missions partners there? Do we have an organization we work with? Uh, and on down the line. So those are some of the key things and the non-negotiable things that we have when we're launching a new campus. That's great, man. Thank you for that. Yeah. I know that uh, this kind of bleeds into my next question, so yeah. I was kind of asking that. Um, obviously, you guys have, what, 14 in campuses and maybe one pilot campus. Is that right? Uh, yep. Yeah, There's we have 14 campuses, and there's there's always more in the hopper. So Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, obviously, when you get to that point, you, you kind of have to start developing in-house. Yep. Uh, I guess there's a big difference between buying a leader versus building a leader. That's and good. I think we're kind of at that place right now as a church where we're like, who are we going to send? Instead, um, so I wanted to ask you, how are you developing leaders in house to send out to the next campus? Yeah, as it's it's that that both simple and complex answer, and it really is interns. Um, my <laughs> myself, um, if I would stop and think about it, in student ministry across our campuses, uh, we've had probably seven or eight of our campus guys or gals who have started. Um, as an intern or a high capacity volunteer that just through time being developed uh, came on staff in some shape or form. Um, I myself am one of them. When you hear Kim, she's she Kim and I started as interns together. Uh, I have two other staff at this campus that they started as as interns, and um, I can think of three more right off the bat across our campuses that that's the same thing, just within students. So. Wow. Um, so, and, but the big thing with that then is just, w we've been blessed with always having interns or, um, you know, and sometimes we have a, a lot, four or five, and sometimes it might just be one. Um, but over the last two or three years, uh, Woodside has continued to grow in that area and have, we have a phenomenal leadership Institute that helps, uh, in the developing of them. Uh, but it's also just like leaning on our past interns. And so when it came to this past summer, we wanted to make sure that with the, 
the five, six interns that we had, that it was a great experience for them. So we just messaged, texted all of our former interns and said, hey, what are the three things every intern has to do? And what are the three things every intern should learn uh, through their summer internship? And they gave some great insight. And we kind of, we took that and we made a syllabus, uh, so to say. Um, And so that kind of the next thing that I'm looking at uh, is, Hey, when that person is here, what are the, what are the things that they need to know, uh, or be able to do or have experience in some shape or form, whether firsthand or they just observed it or even through a case study so that when they're a a director, uh, or a pastor at one of our other campuses, um, they've been best set up for success. So it it is really moving to an intentional internship. Um, there's always going to be tasks that they have to do. Uh, but it is really being mindful of the opportunities that you're giving them so that, uh, when the, when the time does come and in a multi-site church, uh, as more campuses come on, uh, and people just naturally transition, whether in-house or out, uh, there's, there's going to be needs, uh, to be filled. And it is, it's always best to have somebody that's, uh, like you said, to build a leader, uh, especially one who knows your DNA, uh, who knows your culture, um, who can really go out and champion that, uh, at a campus. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, all right. So I said earlier that one thing that was working for us was our staff structure. I feel like we're more structured to win globally, Okay. but we definitely have a lot of room to improve on that. And so the next question I have is, uh, I've heard you guys talk about in previous episodes, how you have a central and a core and all these different, um, kind of these words that describe your staffing structure. And I love the idea of a central staff. Um, and then you also have campus specific staff. Well, my, my question is what is the threshold that we, you need to cross before you start thinking in terms of central and core campus specific. I mean, we have two campuses, yeah. we have plenty of bunch of third. Um, so should we already have a central team in place or maybe we do? I just don't know what that is. Yeah, um, that's probably true. That's probably <laughs> true. Kind of, I guess. Um, but before we launch that third campus um, down the road, um, how should I be thinking as far as like core, central, campus specific? Is there like a next step for me before we get to that third campus? Yeah, I, I, I love that question um, because uh, like you even said, there are ends of it that are definitely already happening um, in that way of people are operating as central or main campus um, because it's, 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 it has to happen. Um, yeah, if you're looking to uh, implement, um, if you're looking to implement the same sort of DNA and strategy and vision and philosophy and culture to a degree, you know, that means people have to be pushing that forward and making decisions on it and doing the work to make that happen. So uh, in regard to the question, one of the things that I've heard often in this conversation and as we had the conversation, because we already know that we were a bit late to that game of, you know, with as many campuses as we have that this past spring was the real first official launch of Central, uh, that it, it could have and, and maybe in a lot of ways should have happened years ago. Um, but I've heard for a lot of individuals, probably around that that four uh, campus mark, that four or five campus mark, and I think some of it does depend on the strategy of launching campuses. 
you know, uh, there are those out there that when they're launching a campus, they're waiting to build a threshold of, you know, five, 600 people to send to that new campus. And then, you know, it's already a large church right off the bat. Uh, yeah. And especially with any newcomers or, you know, with familiarity with that church's name, um, that might be a draw there for people new to that community or that that church is new in that community to, you know, you might have seven, 800 plus people right off the bat and that's a large church. And so that, that dictates a few different things in regards to need. Um, I mean, there's always the argument too, that you're, you know, you're, uh, a smaller campus that's first launching has a lot more needs than a campus that has um, been established and uh, up and running and has, you know, some, uh, what you call it, just already has some, you know, uh, notches on their belt in that way. And so, uh, I, yeah, I think it does depend. But I, I've heard around four or so campuses is a good benchmark to begin thinking like, all right, who are those decision makers? Who are those central people um, who are helping move ministry forward? Uh, and really just, yeah, helping develop leaders and uh, accountability and encouragement. Uh, and, yeah, just moving ministry forward across the, the, the campuses. Yeah, right. But, yeah, um, I think within it, though, too, I think one you, that you've brought up is that it's um, you already need to be thinking that way. What does it look like? you know, when you do bring on that third campus, that fourth campus, uh, in regard to, you know, for us, we have the central, we have Kim who's in that central seat. And then we have a core team who helps making de make decisions and lead ministry out, um, across the campuses and partner with those other guys who aren't on that core team. Um, because of size, I think that starting out, you know, it would be that central person who would be meeting with all of the, um, the staff at, uh, you know, from across the campuses on that once a month or even every other week basis. We used to meet every other week, but then again, as of size um, and and everything, we now meet once a month. But core team members meet, they have two meetings. They have the core team meeting and they have the, the once a month all student ministry staff meeting. So um, I think it's good, especially when it's young uh, and it's being worked out and figured out to have a different rhythm so that way like can the communication and those pipelines uh can be established and cleared up and made consistent and there's just gonna be a lot of things that just have to be worked out naturally because it's new so uh yeah. but yeah yeah i hope that's hope that's helpful uh yeah, and insightful do you have anything else to to yeah. throw out uh out sure. there too so i think we probably have time for one more we'll do a little wrap on things and yeah Awesome. So yeah, I guess I have to ask this question since you have gone before me. Yeah. You have the trail in front of me that I've you know yet to see. Yeah. What is the one thing if you could just kind of narrow it down as um kind of that guy who's in that global position that um kind of that uh, looking for the vision and direction of things. What is something that you would uh, I guess advise me or encourage me to? Well, uh, maybe the best way to ask it is what's one thing you kind of wish you knew at the beginning that you know now that you can tell me kind of your ceiling, maybe being my floor, if you will. Oh no, man, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think that something that is very valuable to, um, to know, uh, is, is really just like the ability to empathize is huge. 
um, ministry and, and being able to really kind of determine and manage between um, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. So essentially in like ministry, it's like the, for multi-site, it's going to be the contextualization of things. Um, when you have, you know, there's so many different dynamics at play on a team um, and at a campus level, as you, you know, but as it continues to grow, and if you were to switch, you know, into just that central kind of role, it is the, you know, these guys have leading out middle school and leading out high school and leading leaders, and then they have multi-site responsibilities, and then they have campus responsibilities. Um, and I think there's nothing more discouraging than uh, a leader's inability to empathize and understand uh, yeah. all those dynamics uh, and looking to willingly um, kind of lead through that and come alongside and to help out. I think that's the, the, the thing that you can always ask as a leader in that seat, how can I help? Um, and realize that like we're, we're on that team. So sometimes like we're on that same team. So sometimes being on that same team might be needing to lean into someone uh, because it's just what's going to help them grow, which is what's necessary. But I think oftentimes um, if we do that without having any sort of relational equity or empathy or asking the, hey, help me to understand why that happened or what's been going on because you kind of drop the ball here and then here and then here and maybe not even using the word drop the ball you'll find better <laughs> words to use. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's the biggest thing is just remember like those they're, they're on your team. Um, and, and being able to understand and like put yourself in their shoes. Cause it is, it's very different. Um, and for me being around as long as I have, there are times which you're like, man, you think that's rough. You should have been back in like here in my day. Uh, but like that doesn't serve anybody but me. Um, mm -hmm. That really just makes me sound like, oh, I had to work hard. Like everybody's working hard. We've all been called to this. Um, and my role is, is not to, to champion myself and people to think, oh man, he works so hard. Um, but for just to come alongside and help them work harder and to encourage them and to affirm them and to pray for them and uh, help them out because I know how hard it can be um, because I've gone through that. So hopefully that, that helps. Um, and this is yeah, encouragement totally. there, but yeah, I tried, tried to do my best, uh, with that sure. one. I'm sure. And then I, and I know there's, there's 90 different other things that I probably can share as well, but that's, that's definitely great. one that I have seen before. Um, cause, cause approaching it that way with your team builds trust. Um, and that just allows communication to be better. It allows for vision to go further. It allows for, um, them to know that w that you're in the trenches with them. So when like things have to get done or when things just kind of hit the fan, um, you've got brothers and sisters in arms there with you. So, That's cause great. they know that you're there with them. So. I love that, man. Thank you so much. It's been worth its weight in gold. And I just want to say, I'm really excited about the multi summit. Yeah, uh, man. What up, man? Super pumped to bring some of my team with me. No, man. I really appreciate that. I, that that's, uh, I was, just just talking with Brent earlier today, um, and for those of you who are listening who who have yet to check it out, go to multisummit.org. That's multisummit.org. Um, it's March 25th through 27th, uh, 2019. Uh, Brent and his team are just crushing it and getting this thing together. Um, I mean, uh, Leadership Network is now a part of this. If, uh, wow. if you're in the multi-site world, like Leadership Network is 
has been has been at the multi-site world from the very beginning and just helping churches win and grow uh, so that ministry can just uh, continue going on with excellence and there's there's such a huge encouragement uh, in a lot of ways and some phenomenal speakers uh, John Simmons from Rush Creek Chase DePew from 12 Stone some of the uh, our friends here from uh, from Woodside and the multi multi podcast um, and then of course there's this guy named Justin Herman who uh, He's always a good time. So, but no, man, I'm really glad that you're coming. I'm just looking forward to growing together and spending time with a bunch of guys and girls from across the, across the land here and talk about multi-site. So, um, no, man, and I appreciate it. Now, where, uh, you know, if anyone wanted to, to get a hold of you or to uh, check out Redemption or anything, what's, uh, what's some social handles or uh, a way that they can get a contact? Because I'm sure there's other guys or girls who are in that same, that same stage of life, uh, even as, as a church. You know, second campus, getting ready to launch a third and have a lot of questions as to what's, uh, what's next. So what's a great yeah. way for people to get, uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, totally. And so... Um... All of our, uh, all of our, I guess our church, our student ministry handles are Go RC Students. Okay. Um, Go Redemption Church RC Students. Go RC Students. That's awesome. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, honestly, the best way to get in touch with me, if, if I if I could be of any service to anybody, I'd love to help any way I can. Uh, probably is email. Would that be? Would that be yeah. okay to give that out right here, or just put? Yeah, those? no, go right for um, it, man. Yeah. Okay, my email is Taylor A. That's T A Y L O R A at goredemption.com. That's awesome. And uh, that's my email. It goes straight to my inbox. So I'd love to connect and network. Even if even if you don't have any questions and you're out there and you're like, man, you should know this. Yeah. Why don't you email me? And let me know. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate that, dude. That's that's awesome. That's so great. Uh, Taylor, I can't thank you enough for your time, for you sharing with us what God's been doing down at Redemption, uh, and just for your questions and your just humility, willingness to learn. And that's what our desire is here, man, um, for all of us, just to continue to learn together, to be sharpened together, um, as we look to be good stewards of that which God has blessed us with and being able to do student ministry and being able to do multi-site student ministry. And uh, you guys can keep following along on multi-multi-pod, uh, multi-multi-podcast uh, uh, across the social media platform. But that does it for us for now. Uh, until next time, gang, take care. We'll see you later. Bye.